Hey, Pilgrims, before we get into this week's dose, we have a super special competition for y'all. All you got to do is share your favorite episode of The Pill on either Twitter or LinkedIn and tag us and send us a DM telling us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know the true Pilgrims out there. Yeah, we'd love to get to know our Pilgrims out there. So after sharing an episode, you'll be entered into a random drawing to win a free Venture Pill t-shirt. This is exclusive merchandise. And the winner will be announced on next week's show, and the shirt will be sent out as soon as possible. And a note to our international listeners, uh, we will unfortunately not be doing international shipping for this competition, uh, but maybe soon in the future. Still feel free to share the show and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, Now on to this week's lineup. First, we'll talk about Nova Credit, which just secured a $10 million investment from HSBC Ventures. The startup's credit passport helps immigrants transfer credit scores from prior home countries to new countries of residence instead of starting from scratch. And next, you will hear about Equi, the Austin-based investment tech company aiming to help individual investors put their money to work like billionaires do. And they're hot off their $15 million Series A, led by Smash Capital. Stick with us for a breakdown on Revelio, an HR tech company hoping to become the universal HR database. They just announced a $15 million Series A of their own with participation from Alumni Ventures and Elephant Partners. And lastly, you'll hear about Liquid Death, a water company disrupting the plastic water bottle industry with some edgy branding and H2O that's to die for. Fresh off a $70 million Series D led by Science Ventures. Gotta say, this company is really killing it. (laughs) (laughs) A fun dose of startups for this week's episode, and away we go. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. Leading off our 37th dose of Venture Pill is Nova Credit, which just announced a $10 million investment from HSBC Ventures, the global bank's venture arm. With this investment, HSBC Ventures joins the likes of Kleiner Perkins, Canopy Ventures, General Catalyst, Index Ventures, and executives from Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and Citibank. So Nova Credit's mission is to accelerate financial inclusion and help underserved communities gain access to better credit options. Yeah, so this is actually a big problem. All newcomers around the world are rendered credit invisible, uh, which basically means upon arrival in a new country of residence, because underwriters globally can't access international credit data, they don't have a credit score there. Uh, So even if an immigrant had great credit scores in their prior home country, it would still be arduous for them to accomplish basic tasks like getting an apartment, lease, a cell phone plan, a credit card, or, or lots of other stuff. Right, and the solution that Nova Credit is working with here is the Credit Passport. And so this product translates international credit data into a local equivalent score and credit report in a format that's familiar to local underwriters. 
Right. So, I mean, we don't know as much about international credit score practices, I guess, but I, I guess it's safe to assume like we don't have the metric system here like the u.s is probably a lot different than other countries when it comes to credit scoring so the standardization of that seems to be a big opportunity um so what this company is doing is, is helps people who immigrate to the u.s use their international credit history to apply for credit cards here auto loans mortgages uh, as well and as of now the company has built partnerships in over 20 countries to gain consumer permission access to over 1.1 billion credit profiles insane yeah that's incredible some some really impressive early traction from nova credit um, a little bit back to hsbc's investment so the global bank will adopt nova credit's credit passport to help it lend to customers new to a country and lacking that credit history we've discussed and so HSBC has already deployed the Nova Credit credit passport with new to Singapore customers who previously had credit history in India. So this is the use case for it. With that, the bank intends to expand the coverage of the solution to include customers with credit histories in Australia, the United Kingdom, as well as the Philippines. And that's just in 2022. Can't help but speculate what countries they might expand to in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, so a massive opportunity here. We don't know of any other companies working on a solution like this, um, but to see all those massive banks that you mentioned there um, on the cap table is is a great signal, I would say, for them understanding that, hey, they're investing in this startup who can bring a, a lot of value to the, to the big banks. To me, that means maybe they, they don't have the solution themselves. Yeah, agreed. I think it's an indicator of the strength of this platform and as a kid of two immigrants who I know had a tough time coming or had a tough time getting started in the United States, uh, something like this is certainly of interest to me and, you know, millions of people, billions of people worldwide. Okay, so our second company of this week's dose is the Austin-based Equi. And Equi just announced a $15 million Series A led by Smash Capital. Now, we hadn't really heard of Smash Capital before, at least didn't uh, recognize any portfolio companies off the bat. So wanted to highlight a couple. And upon looking, I'm glad we did because they've invested in Reddit, Epic Games, DraftKings, and a bunch more. And it's really a high concentration of impressive companies in a small portfolio. So great, great lead investor there on the cap table. Yeah, and... Equi is an investment tech company that helps everyday people invest in alternative assets just like billionaires. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, it actually is that good because in just one year, the company has already surpassed $100 million in assets under management, which is faster than any other investment tech company out there. Yeah, they showed a pretty cool graph in their uh, little press release, which we have linked in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, very small amount compared to a lot of the other companies that they're potentially competing against, but the pace with which they've gathered these assets is pretty pretty amazing. So they're off to a good start in a short amount of time. And basically their belief is that the days of the traditional 60-40 stocks, bonds, portfolio allocation are a thing of the past. Instead, they now see it as more of a 50-25-25 split, especially given the recent shift from what was seemingly a truly historic bull market run there for the last uh, decade or so to what is now seemingly becoming a prolonged period of stagnation and or decline in the markets. So a shifting landscape for investors. Right. And I think it makes sense on top of the 
incoming period of stagnation or decline, I think we're just continuously seeing so many new assets being introduced to the public these days. I mean, we have spoken at length about crypto and all of the derivatives within the crypto market, as well as real estate becoming a growing sector for investment. So I agree. I think the 60-40 split is you know, certainly a thing of the past. A little bit more about Equi. Its product to investors is an actively managed portfolio of alternative, non-correlated assets, which is what they believe will have the power to withstand the negative returns that a traditional 60-40 portfolio might see in the coming years. Right. And they now have four funds available and they, they call their products funds. So you can choose one of four right now. And it's available to investors, but you do have to apply. So I imagine there are some characteristics they're looking for in their investors. Um, and one of them notably is centered around real estate. Like you're mentioning, we've certainly covered at length uh, different companies that allow you to invest in real estate and diversify your portfolio. So that should be pretty cool. Right. So this is, at the end of the day, just another company democratizing access to assets that regular people like you and I may not be able to invest in. Um, so we love the idea there. And we will certainly be excited to track the growth of Equi, especially given their early traction and their proud repping of Austin, Texas, baby. Love it. So if, if the founders are listening out there, we'd love to have you guys on. Um, and we're excited to see Equi grow. All right, for our third company, we are going to talk about Revelio, which just raised a $15 million Series A from Elephant Partners, Alumni Ventures, and many others. Now, this company is setting out to build the universal HR database. Yeah, according to Ben Zweig, and apologies if I butchered that last name, but he's one of Revelio's co-founders. He used to work for IBM in People Analytics and quickly became frustrated because he kept seeing certain trends in employee behavior repeat, but couldn't compare them against the broader industry. So, as a result, in 2018, he teamed up with Yadija Gorsetman to tackle this problem and build the universal HR database. It's like the Ohio State <laughs> University. <laughs> There's only one. Um, yeah, so this is quite the challenge. Uh, we all know kind of the issues in the labor markets, or if you've ever lis listened to Venture Pill, you've heard us talk about the great resignation. There's this new also phenomenon in the news called quiet quitting. A lot of different labor trends that we're seeing kind of culminate at once, maybe induced by the pandemic a little bit. But all that to say, this is a giant problem uh, across many different industries that you know, no company is safe uh, from, I guess. Um, and the data that Revelio provides spans from demographic information of employees to you know, typical inflows and outflows of people from company to company. And they are starting to develop really cool advanced data on the broader employment ecosystem. And going back to that is going to be extremely valuable data um, with regard to just the broader labor market right now. Yeah, I feel like the labor shortages have been plaguing the country since COVID started or realistically even before COVID. So to be able to have some insight and data on these labor shortages would certainly give any company a leg up. Um, and I, I personally can't wait for my grandkids to ask me, Grandpa, where were you during the Great Resignation? <laughs> and I'll tell them I was uh, filming Venture Pill alongside my friend Sam. But a little bit back to Revelio. So the TechCrunch article that we read made some very valid points around the concerns and adoption with HR technology. They cited some statistics that HR teams are actually really bad at implementing technology, and, and I should say not bad, but 
hesitant to take on new technology because of the adoption that it, it does end up taking a lot of time and effort to implement something like that. But Revelio, you know, has certainly some customers to, to back up that claim in a sense. They do have customers like Bank of America, KPMG, MIT, other institutions and organizations. Uh, super impressive. So, you know, something's got to be working there. And the data that they're providing at the end of the day, if it's valuable enough, uh, HR teams would would implement it. So, um, but we'll see, you know, ultimately it comes down to if they can continually provide value with this data to these giant corporations. I, I don't know the pricing of it, but, you know, like we said, this is a, an ever pressing issue for companies of all different shapes and sizes. Right. I mean, with large anchor customers like that, clearly, you know, they're, they're doing something right at Revelio. They've got a signal of trust from some of the biggest companies in the United States. So we'll be sure to keep tabs on Revelio. And I hope to live in a world one day where my grandkids can't even understand that we lived in an era where we couldn't make sense of all of the labor shortages and employee behavior trends. They're going to say, all right, Grandpa, time to get you to bed. <laughs> And for our fourth story of today's dose, batting cleanup is Liquid Death, which just closed a $70 million Series D, led by Science Ventures, with participation from Live Nation Entertainment, as well as popular comedian Whitney Cummings, and popular DJ group Swedish House Mafia. Uh, so this is incredibly timed, because Sam and I were recently at Austin City Limits this past weekend, and probably put back about 70 Liquid Deaths each. You know, got to stay hydrated out there, and that's some of the best water I've had in recent memory. Um, enough about me. So Liquid Death was founded in 2017 and offers a selection of still and sparkling water, the big differentiator being that it's packaged in aluminum cans. And this $70 million Series D bumps the latest valuation of the company up to $700 million, which I know most of you sitting at home right now are thinking, how could a water company possibly be worth $700 million. Well, I'm going to kick it over to Sam to highlight a couple key differentiators that Liquid Death has going for it. Yeah, Liquid Death is, again, they're just killing it. $700, $700 million valuation. What they're doing is really cool, and I think just a testament that giant, you know, unicorn, potentially unicorn-sized companies in the startup world don't have to be technology companies. And their key differentiators here are really on the environmental side. As other water companies continue to face sustainability concerns over plastic waste, Liquid Death continues to build a brand and connect with a younger, more environmentally conscious consumer base with its canned water. And so the brand claims that plastic recycling is a myth, which may have some truth to it. According to National Geographic, roughly 79% of recyclable plastic water bottles actually end up in landfills, which... We have covered some companies that are tackling that issue as well, so pretty cool. Right. That is a scary statistic and one that I wish didn't have much truth to it. And furthermore, on the environmental component of Liquid Death, the company also donates a portion of their profits from each can of Liquid Death to support organizations working to reduce plastic pollution. So kind of like a Bombas socks, you know, buy one and they give one pair away. And Tom's Shoes did something similar a couple years ago. This is an initiative that empowers people to feel good about drinking good water, which everyone wins, really. Uh, another key differentiator is how Liquid Death sources the water. So they have a secret source in the Alps, and their purification process preserves 100% of the water's natural electrolytes, which then murders consumers' thirst. 
They are big on playing up the brand here. <laughs> yeah, this this brand marketing is to die for, you could say. <laughs> um, the water is too. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned it. Uh, we we certainly crushed a bunch of those staying hydrated in the in the Austin heat there at Zilker Park. Um, Super cool to see Liquid Death emerge over the last several years. Uh, we first noti- noticed them probably a couple years ago, big in festivals. Um, they actually have been expanding beyond just the regular water to three new sparkling water flavors to match their edgy brand. Some, some funny names here. Uh, Severed Lime, Bury It Alive, that's B-E-R-R-Y, nice, and Mango Chainsaw, <laughs> just <laughs> just awesome names there. Um, these new flavors are driving significant growth. Um, they saw a 40% surge in online revenue since the launch of these products. So not just festivals, not just stores, but actually a pretty good online presence. Totally, and I'd personally love to get my hands on some Mango Chainsaw. That's That's got my attention. And speaking of grabbing attention, we have some attention-grabbing stats here about Liquid Death. So it's currently projecting $130 million in revenue this year, which is a significant increase from the $45 million in revenue in 2021. Also, Liquid Death is the most followed beverage brand on TikTok in the United States, with its content earning more than 21 billion media impressions over the past year. So again, going hand in hand with building this brand with the younger generations that are more environmentally conscious, all of those buzzwords, Liquid Death is continuing to separate itself. Additionally, the products are sold in 60,000 stores nationwide, including the big names like Whole Foods, 7-Eleven, Publix, and many more. This number was 16,000 stores last year. So this represents a 275% increase in stores and market access. Yeah, you could say they are lethal in all categories. E-commerce, stores, festivals. Uh, Talk about e-commerce. They're actually the top-selling still water and second top-selling sparkling water on Amazon. So just amazing from all angles there. The future is bright for Liquid Death. The company is laying groundwork for an IPO soon, potentially. So be on the lookout. We'll certainly cover that on the pill when it comes. Yeah, and I think this one just caught our eye because, one, we we were drinking it all weekend. Um, But two, it's just a fascinating branding and marketing play. Really, they're just packaging water in aluminum cans. And what what is that really? What's the differentiator? And they've just built such a strong brand. I mean, you look at those cans, they look like beers. They're edgy. You got the TikTok following. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's it's truly remarkable. I also just, I I recommend digging around their site because it is a great way to burn 20, 30 minutes, if not more. Um, And you saw, I saw some really cool partnerships with prominent celebrities like Tony Hawk, Steve-O, just a bunch of random figures that, you know, have their own following and are clearly all aboard the Liquid Death initiative here. Yeah, so this was a fun one. I think we like to throw in a a food and beverage company here and there, and this is probably the largest one that we've covered to date, and we'll certainly be excited to see if they can reach that unicorn status. If they go for an IPO, you'll be sure to hear about it here. Yep, I think that puts the nail in the coffin for our 37th dose. A reminder about that t-shirt contest we're doing. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening, as always. Signing off. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of Startups and Venture Capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. Oh,
told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low key, okay. 